This is the Creating a Disruption podcast. On this episode of Creating a Disruption, Kara DePaul and I talk with Dr. Christine Wolken, Associate Professor of Art History, about technology and art, teaching in museums, Tri-C's Colloquium, and so much more. Hi, Chris. How are you today? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for being on. So to begin with, how have you disrupted your class, uh, either by creating a new assignment or project, using new technology, or trying a different approach in the classroom? Why did you make this change? How did it go? (laughs) Big questions here. I know. Um, So I'm always trying to disrupt my classroom um, because there's so many new things that are constantly coming into my field. And so um, that is important to me. But I, when I was thinking about disrupting the classroom, I thought, why do I always want to disrupt the classroom? And I thought that was my first um, kind of impetus for doing new things or trying new things all of the time. And some of the reasons I do that is because I teach art history. And a lot of people don't even know what art history is. <laughs> so um, part of my reason uh, for doing new things is to make it relevant, to make it approachable, um, and really to connect with my students. And so that's why I take some of the approaches um, that I do. Some of them work and some of them not so much. So um, one thing I would start with, I definitely utilize technology. Um So I started, I think it was like one of the first people to ever teach in Blackboard here. It was like one of those things they said, we need someone to teach in Blackboard. And they're like, what is that? Um, And so that was probably 18 years ago um, that I started online teaching, which was like revolutionary that no one wanted to do. And I was like, well, why not try something new? So it's also about reaching students, different students in different ways. So everything from, you know, teaching online to using new technologies. So I've, anything that like faculty development or, you know, the uh, CLEs have offered, I know they're called something different today, but I don't know what it's called the now. In- instructional Design and Learning Excellence. Thank you, yeah. Kara. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> same people, same Kara, students. you pass. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like, yeah. you want to use clickers? I'll try yeah. it. You want to yeah. do play posit? Let's do it. Yeah. Um, so, you know. I've tried to integrate that both into my on-campus classes and into my online classes too, just to mix it up a little bit because um, I think that's important. And I think it's a great way to like reach people in different ways, even within the same class period. Yeah. So um, so I, I do like using technology. And actually, I work in a great field for technology because even though we think of art as something that, you know, is only, I don't know, handmade or is in a museum or on your walls, um, the art world has opened up to technology in ways that are like truly unbelievable today. So whether that's from conservation or, um, you know, virtual um, tours online, um, you know, uh, VR, um, there's all sorts of things that can be utilized in the classroom and with my students um, using different types of technology. And the Clue Museum of Art, if you don't all know about Art Lens, um, they were one of the... Um, first people in the country actually um to start something like that and so you know i just look around and see like well what are other people doing and so if the art museum is utilizing technology in that way um i think it's a great way for people to learn about about art so i've tried to incorporate that um into teaching 
Can you tell us a little bit more about Art Lens for those of us that maybe don't know yeah. what you're referring to? <laughs> or maybe I do yeah. and I just haven't heard it in sure. that term. Sure. So it's an yeah. app that I use actually for all of my classes, whether okay. you're on campus or not, or in the museum or not. Um, but it is the Cleveland Museum of Art um, app. And so mm-hmm. it's a free app um, and it has access to all of the collection um, online. Um, and it gives you like there's videos and information. You can create your own tours. You can do all sorts of like creative things with the art. But um, what's really important about it is that all of it is free access. So all of the images and everything, not only in ArtLens, but on the museum website. Um, so just another way to use technology um, when it comes to art objects. Interesting. Well, that explains it because I don't have enough storage room on my phone because I have too many pictures and so I can't put any new apps on my phone. So that explains why I don't have that app. Okay, well, pictures are good. So Exactly. But if you can download the app on any device, um, it's very, very informative um, and a great way to, you know, explore explore things in, in a different way. So. And I would say with the Museum of Art, especially, I know it's with the, the kids' area, but just yes. the, the different interaction pieces that right. they have, it's just really incredible just to, to hang out there and to see exactly how they're incorporating technology. Yeah. Um, just to get more people interested in it. It's really fascinating yeah. to me. I love the giant wall where it has, mm-hmm. like, the, you can mm-hmm. find all the images. Yes. Um, I, yeah. I think that's really wonderful. And as you said, it's sort of a way to to incorporate technology and maybe a field where people go, I don't see how this these two things would go together, but they go together so incredibly well. They go together. Well. And it's not something to run away from. I mean, we have artists, I mean, some of the best artists right now are creating digital images um, and using technology mm-hmm. in new ways. And that's always been the case through history, actually. We think of photography, um, you know, in the time people would say, no, my gosh, that's not art. Well, of course, we would never think that today. Mm-hmm. So... I think incorporating technology is not something that we should shy away from, um, that it's definitely something to embrace in ways that we can, well, without losing some of the other aspects of teaching and learning. Yeah. So, yeah. And one of the things that, uh, since you mentioned the Cleveland Museum of Art, which I find fascinating, and we <laughs> talked about this before we started recording, is that you teach a class at yes. the museum. Yes. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how that came about? Was it sort of like, this is a natural fit. We need to be there. Did you go to the new museum? Did the museum come to Tri-C? Mm-hmm. How did that sort of take yeah, shape? Good question. So um, part of it is personal and part of it um, happened to fit right in with Tri-C. So um, I attended the, my PhD program was at Case Western Reserve and all of our classes were taught at the museum. So to me, that is where you teach and learn art history. <laughs> so right. um, when I came to Tri-C, I remember my interview when they said, you know, what could you offer? What would you like to see in the department? And I said, well, I would like to see classes taught there um, because that's what I thought like mm-hmm. you should do. And we're close by and we have three campuses and why wouldn't our students go there? Um, and then once I was hired, I realized that Tri-C has a joint use agreement with um, the Cleveland Museum of Art. Um, and that was a perfect avenue for us to create this partnership. And over the years, we have created a wonderful partnership um, with the Cleveland Museum of Art. And so we are able to hold classes there. Um, we are able to bring students to exhibitions. Um, we you know, have access to the films that they produce, the music uh, programs they, they have. So it's been an amazing opportunity for our students and our faculty to work with the museum. And so the way I um, approached it, um, 
was to see how many classes we could teach at the museum. And so we currently teach three courses, art history courses um, at the art museum. I'm currently teaching one of those and other faculty are teaching um, the other two. So uh, we have classroom access, we have gallery access. Um, and then because I was at the museum for so many years, I won't tell you how many years I was there doing my PhD. <laughs> it was a long time. Um, but I also have, you know, a number of friends at the museum. And so getting students into, for example, the conservation lab or meeting with curators, um, things like that is something that's also incorporated into our classes, not just mine, but into the other uh, classes as well. So it's a really object-based um, and focused class um, that you don't necessarily get in the classroom. We can replicate things, which is great. Um, but when you're there, you're there. Um, and so it gives students that opportunity. Um, and I have to say, because my students are so awesome, um, several of them have um, have gotten positions at the museum, whether that's in security mm-hmm. or in other positions. They've maybe had you know some type of internship or something like that. Um, it has been a great opportunity for them to experience something like that too, and maybe you know make that their career. Yeah, I was going to ask about how the students react to that level yeah. of engagement because that has to be pretty cool to it's cool. actually be there and be able to, because I imagine you travel to the different exhibits in mm-hmm. the museum to look yep. at them. Yeah, every week. I mean, yeah, I can imagine that being cool. something that it's easier for them to connect to as opposed to, I'm not sure how the classroom looks, just looking at images, I yeah. would imagine. <laughs> Yes. So it is like in the movies where you turn the lights off and slide after slide after slide, right? Um, That can also be quite engaging, though. Um, I enjoy teaching that way, too. But when you're in the museum, um, it's definitely different. I did a program last week, and maybe some of you... um, have done it in your classrooms. It's it's another program actually that I I went around like campuses promoting, and then COVID hit, and we haven't done it, but it's back. It's called Art to Go. Mm. I'm familiar so, with it. Yeah, yes. Okay, great. And so I just did it with my class last week. Um, we were talking about art of the of the Islamic world, and so we had probably I don't know thirty or forty objects um, that were brought from the museum collection. So these are actual objects, um, mainly from, oh gosh, probably the 10th, well, maybe 11th century up until Whoa. like today. Um, and students, you know, you have to put on gloves and, you know, the educational staff is there with you, but we literally touch them, hold them, look at them, examine them, um, and have an hour discussion while we are holding these objects. Um, you know, everything from tiles to glass to whatever we were doing this uh, this past week. But they also come to campus. So I, for, for my students that are slide after slide after slide, mm-hmm. um, it was something that I incorporated every single semester um, so that students did have that hands-on experience, even if they were here on campus, not at the museum. You don't need to be at the museum to experience right. things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so faculty in every department can utilize that program. Um, and we get uh, several of them for free per year for Tri-C faculty. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Good. That's so great to hear because years ago we did a faculty conversation, probably like nine or 10 years ago. And we did it at the Cleveland Museum of uh-huh. Art. This is obviously pre-pandemic. And they brought out one of the Art to Go kits. And it was, yeah. I mean, it it was really incredible. Like, the, and I, I don't remember, you know, what, what time period it was or anything like that. But I'm glad to see that we we as Tri-C faculty could use it Definitely. here at Tri-C. Like, do they transport it here for yes. us and bring it to our classes? Yes. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yep. So, um, and really you can, if anyone is interested, um, 
I guess the easiest way is to ask me and I can, I, not that yeah. I'm like the you only contest, but right. I, am, I have the people, um, you know, that I work with at the museum yeah. and we can arrange that um, anytime. Um, that's great. I, and it's a great connection. Yeah, it's wonderful. Um, and that's in addition to like, you know, math professors taking their students to an exhibit. Like we can get tickets for that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, the museum is for everyone. So uh, it works out well for us, but it can work really well for everyone else too <laughs> who's interested yeah. in utilizing it. Yeah, that's wonderful. And that's not the only museum, obviously. I mean, I keep talking about the CMA because we have this connection, but there are several other museums. I know um, Akron, um, you know, we have the Contemporary Museum of Art. Um, we have galleries around town mm-hmm. and so on um, that are fan, you know, fabulous for taking students. Um, yeah, so... Cleveland's awesome for that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> sure absolutely. Is. <laughs> what is one of the best teaching or learning experiences for you? Hmm. Um, gosh, well, I think I experience something like important and interesting and great every semester mm-hmm. um, because you just learn from your students. So maybe every subject is this way, but art is particularly this way. And so when someone says, oh, I see that in a painting, I'm like, really? I've literally never seen that before. (laughs) Um, And those are great moments um, for me when I can learn from my students. Um, And then you're right, it is the hands-on stuff. It's, you know, when we get into the conservation studio or um, my on-campus classes, I would take to an Orthodox church every year Mm -hmm. um, before COVID, um, you know, to look at Byzantine icons, right. um, you know, mm. in situ, so in their place um, and how they're utilized. And it, it's just, those are my favorite, um, favorite things mm-hmm. uh, in ways that I can learn from my students too. Yeah. What's the best teaching advice you've ever received? <sighs> I don't know. Or maybe given. Uh Oh, that's a good twist. Yeah. yeah. As, <laughs> I, try I mean, to I'm give, open to your advice. I try not to give too much because I don't know like, what people think of my teaching, so I'm not going to tell someone else how to yeah. teach. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think it's, well, one, it's conversing with colleagues. I mean, you just learn yeah. so much um, talking with other colleagues and seeing, you know, like, what are you all doing? Um, how did you approach this? Or, like, what technologies are you using? I mean, I do that all the time. I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. Like, show yeah. me how to do it. Um so, um, you know, that's always, I think, important. Um, there's been some really great faculty development things that have been, I think, helpful in advising and helping me learn how to teach. So I was in the AQ um, uh, courses. Mm. I thought those were great. Yeah. Um, Brian's a graduate of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, they were mm-hmm. fantastic. Fantastic, right? It really right? changed how I structure and look at my online classes. It was yeah. worth it. I mean, it really Same. was worth it. I thought the same thing. And some parts of the time I was like, yes, yes, okay, I'm doing well. And then other times I was like, oh, geez, yeah. I really got to stuff it up over here. Right. <laughs> so it was, it was good. Um, yeah. So I don't know if that would be called advice, but um, it's very, very helpful to always be looking at, yeah. in my opinion, like what is out there, what's going on, what are people doing? And again, like what else can I do? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Taking advantage of the professional development opportunities. Yeah, I know. The rich I see. I know. And now she's leading one of them. She's the colloquium co-chair. Yeah. Oh, sure. So I feel like this right. is like oh a gosh. perfect opportunity because you do you genuinely do 
learn best from each other and your colleagues. And I feel like you're giving faculty a time and a space to connect with each other and to share and super excited. We're almost ready to share the program, right? Yes, we are. So it's coming up. So everyone should be registered by now. Um, January 8th. Right. Yes. As, no. The no. colloquium is on January 9th. 9th, Sorry. But register. Dating. Yeah. Yes. Register by the day before. Right. So register by the eighth. Yeah. Be there on the ninth. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And how um, has that experience been for you, organizing <laughs> and helping to organize the colloquium? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I I've enjoyed it actually, um, and that's something else. Like you learn. You know, these things just happen. Like, I've attended every year I've been here. I thought, right. oh, that's nice. Someone, you know, <laughs> shows up, puts the puts this on, and I learn stuff. Um, but to understand, you know, that whole process and, frankly, getting to know what faculty are doing is amazing. So these are – half of these people are, you know, on my campus or I know. And I was like, I didn't know they were doing that. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is awesome. I didn't know they wrote this book or that they were engaging in this. Like, it's um, – it's really, it's really been cool to, um, I think we don't give ourselves enough credit sometimes about mm-hmm. all of the stuff we do. And, you know, we're teaching a lot of classes and it's like, all right, right just get through the semester. <laughs> but in the meantime, we are all really working hard at other things mm-hmm. um, to improve what we're doing in our career. And so being able to help facilitate that has been awesome. And it's a great team, seriously. So um, that has been really nice. Yeah. We're moving into the second section okay. of the podcast. Five questions. Um, so Rapid fire. Uh-oh. Yeah. So you don't have to elaborate. If you want to, that's fine. Okay. Uh, but the first one, uh, it's been my personal favorite since we started this new structure, fact or fib. We're going to ask you to give us something interesting about you, but it doesn't necessarily have to be true. When we get through all the questions, we'll come back and Kara and I will determine if it was true or not. So... Okay. Fact or fib, give us something interesting about you. Okay, so you may or may not know this, um, but I'm also a practicing artist, and so I have my own studio um, and enjoy uh, working um, on my own art. Uh, What is your medium of choice for this work? Painting. Painting. Yeah. Okay. And we're we're answering now or later? Later. Later. But I just wanted to... Okay. Trying okay. to get specific <laughs> details. Um, favorite teacher and why? Oh, favorite teacher and why? Hmm. That's a really hard question for me. I don't know why. Maybe because I had several or maybe I had none. none. I, <laughs> um, I mean, I guess over like my educational career, my favorite teachers were the ones who... Um, like had a connection somehow, um, seem interested in how you were learning and what you were learning. Um, so I would say just kind of generally, I try and take what I enjoyed from my own academic experiences and bring that to my students. And then also take the ones that I didn't like and make sure I don't... Don't become that. Don't become that, yeah. Yeah, come <laughs> on. If you have one, most embarrassing moment in the classroom? Hmm... I don't have one, but I had a fear of one. Oh, what was that one? So I used to teach in um, the lecture halls um, in uh, at West. I haven't had a class in there for some years, but I don't like to just stand. And so I would like go up the stairs and like try and be in the student space. And my fear always was like, I, 
I am going to fall at some point down these stairs. <laughs> yep, either up <laughs> or I down. Kept, yeah, and I kept thinking like, okay, so what do I do? And like, what my students do? And what if I, you know, like hit my head and pass out or something like in class? So oh. that was my fear, but it never happened. Thank goodness. Oh, that, oh, and are you good. still in the lecture halls or no. are you out of the, okay. Yeah, good. so oh. good. we now have a stable one okay. class. There you go. You pass beyond that fear. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. So. Did you find teaching or did teaching find you? Um, teaching found me. Yeah. Uh, so. Could you elaborate on that? Yes. I thought I was going to be a lawyer. So I did my undergrad in political science, thought, oh, I'm going to go to law school. And then I took the LSAT and I was like, I am not going to law school anytime soon. Um, so I was like, I have to kind of change gears here yeah. a little bit. So I went into college admissions and I worked in admissions um, for several years and I loved it. It was an amazing first job out of college. And then after a few years, I thought, okay, you know, I've been doing this. You travel a lot. Um, so I went back for my master's in humanities. And then when you have a master's in humanities, you're like, well, okay, I don't know what you do with a master's in humanities. <laughs> you do everything. Everything. Everything right. is open to you. Want, you. Right. Yes. <laughs> That's right. And it kind Don't of let anyone tell you differently. <laughs> um, right. I am a huge advocate for the humanities, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I was kind of like, I'm at a crossroads here. And so then I decided to go back for my PhD. And when I did, I thought, well, I better be in something I like. And I literally had taken like two art history classes in undergrad. And I thought, I really like those. Why not do that? Mm-hmm. I don't know what crazy person like, goes into that but i did and then um like i said when i was uh in my phd program i wanted to work part-time so i worked in the admission office here at um tri-c and then um someone in the uh it was the art department then right before it was creative arts said aren't you in graduate school and i was like well yes do you ever want to teach and i was like well sure and so (laughs) i literally started as an adjunct um while i was um you know finishing my work and then thought well this is amazing i love tri-c and i never wanted to leave here and so i just kept doing that and then um i'm here here. yeah (laughs) wow wow it's quite a journey right and we're all happy that you're here yeah i'm glad it all worked out yeah it's amazing so um when I gave you some of these questions ahead of time, I gave you four, and no. this list has five because I actually oh. pulled the wrong list. Oh, so since, question. Since I said five, everyone gets to hear the question that we ended up eliminating in okay. some previous things. Okay. So um, if you have an answer for this one, that's fine. If not, we can just skip it, and I can just <laughs> cut this whole part out. Is there another academic discipline that you're jealous of? And you're the first person to ever get this question. So we'll see how this goes if we ever ask anyone else this question. Yeah, and if I answer poorly, you can edit, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. absolutely. Yeah. Um, that I'm jealous of? Yeah. Ooh. I mean, I don't want other faculty to hate me, but um, I'm a little jealous of the sciences. Yeah. Yeah, why? I am. Um, I love the sciences. And art and science, of course, you know. Nope. Come together very nicely. They come together mm-hmm. very nicely. Um, but, <laughs> um, you know, when it comes to funding and things like that, mm-hmm. um, other disciplines seem to get a little bit more than the arts. And so it can, you know, give me a twinge of jealousy mm-hmm. now and then. Like, they I wish do we have had... very nice labs. The science labs are very nice. Well, yeah, you know, like, I agree be great, yeah. because um, 
my background is creative writing. And so, you know, especially looking at my kids in school, it's steam, steam, steam. And now suddenly it's they're trying to push, uh, or excuse me, STEM. STEM. STEM, right. STEM, STEM. But now they're trying to push steam. So they're like squeezing that, yeah. that art in there. They squeeze, they squeeze in it in there. there. Yeah. And then the art part <laughs> like is sort of like, ah, draw a picture of these molecules. Right. Like that. But, yeah. Uh, but I, I, I understand that. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that's, yeah. which is unfortunate because seriously, like we are so connected. I've talked to wonderful, um, you know, science faculty here who are like, why aren't we teaching together? Because right. our disciplines overlap so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is true. So yeah. no need to be jealous. Maybe we just need to collaborate more. I think yeah. that's what it comes Explore. down to. Explore. Explore the, yeah. the Open up the collaboration. And just give us a new studio and gallery. If that's right. That too. <laughs> that's all I would ask. That's, a, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to Factor Fib, practicing artist, mm-hmm. painter, um, Kara? What's our track record so far? On getting uh, we're we're awful. Oh, we are. Okay. Um, so well, okay. Mainly, mainly because people trick us a little bit. They do. Because they, they, um, it's part fact and part fib. So I could say you're a practicing artist, but it's not painting. Oh could be the okay so that was that was my intuition was that yes i can totally see that she'd be a practicing artist i thought maybe it was ceramics instead of painting okay okay what did you think well i was thinking the same way because everyone else has made me think that everyone's okay we're we're mixing it up a little bit right yeah Yeah. Um, we're trying to outsmart the kids here so right okay (laughs) right um so i i did but i don't have a different i was thinking practicing artist yes but maybe not a painter Mm. i wasn't sure what so, what is it? I do nothing in arts. I'm not a practicing artist <laughs> really? of any kind, no. Oh. But it's a huge misnomer for art historians. Everyone thinks we're artists. Okay. Um, we are historians. Okay. So, <laughs> um, that work in art. So, um, so well, not our even track like, record I... remains the same. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you win some, you lose some, Brian. Right, Hall, yeah, right. We just lose all of them, Seriously. I guess. Really. <laughs> No, I mean, really, even stick figures are very tricky for me. Okay. So um, I wish I had some of that talent. And I'm sure you could develop it. um, But I do not consider myself very creative in that realm at all, nor talented whatsoever. Okay. So So not even doodling during WebEx meetings or anything like that? No. No. I mean, it's kind of, yeah. Okay. Which also on the flip side, I think, makes me appreciate artists more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I, I cannot do that. Yeah. And so when I see someone that can, I'm like, wow. Wow, your brain works like that. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Interesting. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for your time. It was great having this conversation. And um, yeah, I hope the end of your semester goes well and the beginning of next semester goes well. And uh, hopefully colloquium, well, colloquium will go well. Yeah. (laughs) See you all at colloquium. (laughs) 